Welcome to the Pursue of Bliss podcast. My name is Kristen. I'm a self-professed health, spirituality, and mindset junkie. You know that blissful happiness you feel when you're just at peace with yourself, living fully in the present moment? That's the feeling I believe we are all in the pursuit of. And I want to help you get one step closer by up-leveling your health, mindset, and love for yourself. Because that lasting and blissful happiness can only be found and created within. So get ready for all things mindset, holistic health, and spirituality. I hope this serves you. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to the Pursuit of Bliss podcast. I am doing a different kind of episode today. Well, just a different kind of topic because I know I always talk about manifestation and spirituality and, you know, rewiring your subconscious mind and that stuff is amazing. But what has been really present for me in the past weeks, actually even months, especially during quarantine, has been conspiracy theories and apocalypse and doomsday prophecies and all, you know, the radical politics going on on both sides and And I really wanted to make an episode on this. I felt really drawn to record an episode on this because I've had my own journey in the past few months going through all of this. And I've gotten a lot of messages from all of you wanting to know what my beliefs are. And a lot of you who feel scared about some of the new beliefs or truths that you're uncovering or conspiracy theories that you have leaned into or whatever it might be. I know it's really easy to get caught up in the rabbit hole of what's going on. And at the same time, there is so much anger and blame and shame and division and attacking going on, on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, everywhere, you know, because we have now so many people divided in so many ways. Whereas before these different conspiracies and ideas, they didn't exist. They did exist, but they weren't at the surface, right? There wasn't so much awareness around them. So now we have 20 million more ways to be divided. And everyone, it seems, is so emotionally attached to their beliefs around what's going on, whether it be conspiracy or not, or political or not. It's creating this massive negative energy on social media because we're so quick to attack one another. We're so quick to blame that person, that group, the other side of the story as the problem. And, you know, I'm seeing this going on everywhere. I'm seeing spiritual leaders that I highly, highly regard and respect and love you know, posting polarizing views and shaming the other side. And I see leaders on every single side of this, (laughs) whether they're on one side of politics or the other, the left or the right, or Republican or Democrat or conspiracy theory or not. I've seen people that I love, respect and trust and look up to on every single side of the spectrum. And I see all of them, most of them, a lot of them, shaming and blaming and making fun of those who do not agree with their beliefs and opinions. And I'm going to talk a lot about this and what this means and where this comes from. And I know a lot of you are probably like, great, but I want to hear what your beliefs are. Like, I want to hear what conspiracy theories you believe in. I want to know if the apocalypse is happening. I want to know if we should be worried about doomsday. I want to know if you're Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal or, you know, I want to know where you stand because I know a lot of people are curious and What I want to tell you is if you're here for an episode on my political beliefs or what specific conspiracy theories I believe, this is not it. And I most likely will not be sharing that anytime soon. And the reason being is because, first of all, I'm only going to share any beliefs I have which are pertinent 
to this conversation and any beliefs I have, which I believe will help anyone listening to this. But what doesn't help, in my opinion, is for me to share a belief so that everyone listening is convinced to believe what I believe. I don't want you to believe what I believe. I want you to believe what you believe, but I want you to think about your beliefs. I want you to understand why we create beliefs, where beliefs come from, what it means about what you're manifesting and what we're calling in as a collective. So you can get clear on your beliefs and have some clarity around what your own truth is. Not what my truth is, but what your truth is. It does not serve you for me to share all of my beliefs, especially for those of you who are looking to latch on to something to believe, because I know that's been me before. There's so much uncertainty in the world and humans get really uncomfortable with uncertainty and we want to latch on to something so that we can have a truth to hold on to. Whether or not it's positive or negative doesn't matter to our ego. We just want something to latch on to and I'm not here to give you something to latch on to. I want you to be empowered to think for yourself rather than blindly believing anyone or anything including me. Right? And of course, including the media, including the people around you, including your parents, including your friends, including anyone on social media, including any podcast you listen to, including me. I'm not here to convince you of anything. I'm not here to convince you that conservative is better or liberal is better or, you know, this conspiracy is better or, you know, I'm not here for that. I'm just not available for that. I am not here to convince you. I am here to empower you to think for yourself. And one of the main reasons I'm recording this episode is because what I've noticed is a lot of people have fallen into fear, whether it's fear around a conspiracy theory, because a lot of the conspiracies can create a lot of fear, right? It can create a lot of hopelessness. Like we've got this like deep state and we've got like the alien theories and we've got the like reptilian theories. You know, there's like theories that reptilians are behind the government and You know, and then there's theories that say aliens are helping us. Then there's theories that say, like, actually, aliens are demons. Don't channel them. Don't talk to them. And then there's conspiracies that say, like, the deep state is out to get us. And there's there's literally a conspiracy for everything. And once again, I'm not here to tell you whether or not they're true. I have some conspiracies that I believe, and I have some conspiracies that I don't believe. I have chosen my own belief system, and I'm pretty sure mine is right. However, Every single person who has a belief system is pretty sure their beliefs are right. That is what makes them beliefs. So is my belief system around what's going on more valid than someone else's? If they are just as certain that theirs is right? No, probably not. Every belief system has its own validity. And this is why I want to empower you to choose your own beliefs. All right, but back to what I was saying around the fear. Because a lot of these beliefs, these conspiracies are creating a lot of fear and hopelessness around what's going on in the world and a lot of confusion because this conspiracy says do this, this conspiracy says do that, this conspiracy says don't do this. And suddenly we're feeling hopeless. We're feeling like we have no control again. We're feeling like we don't know what's right or wrong. We're feeling scared to share our opinions or ask questions because there is huge potential to be humiliated, to be shamed, to be guilted, to be judged. And the problem is... When we're in a state of fear, it becomes very difficult to align with our highest self. It becomes very difficult to align with our truth. It becomes very difficult to rationalize. It becomes very difficult 
to connect to what we actually want to call in. And the thing about the conspiracies and especially the apocalypse and doomsday prophecies, which I've seen, I've had them sent to me multiple times by many people. Uh, I've seen them circling around on social media. I see people talk about them in the comment sections of social media. If you haven't seen them, there's like these videos out there. They have a different prophecy, you know, the world's going to end or there's going to be massive crises or we're going to be invaded or you know, everyone needs to get guns and you need to stock up and protect yourself because we're all going to die. Like there's a bunch of different, basically doomsday, you know, for lack of a better word, prophecies around what's coming for the rest of 2020. And this, along with some of the conspiracies that create this sense of hopelessness, is putting a mass amount of people in a state of fear. Now, when we're in a state of fear, like I said, we cannot connect as well to our highest self. We can't connect to our truth. We're out of sync with the universe, with source, with God, with the divine, with this energy that is running through us at all times. We're like out of sync with it because we're in a state of fear. And it's almost like you can think of it like a parasite. It's like these doomsday prophecies and apocalypse prophecies and conspiracy theories are like energetic parasites. They are siphoning out our energy. Like all of our energy is going into these concepts and ideas are like literal energetic parasites and they leave us feeling drained and fearful. They take our good energy and in its place we're just left with the fear, with the dread. This literally has us collectively manifesting and calling in the things that we don't actually want, right? That's what all of these prophecies and conspiracy theories are doing when we go into this, deep into this rabbit hole of reading up on all these scary theories and ideas and we start believing them and we start going oh no what if this is true oh shit how do I protect my family do I need to get a gun is the world gonna end should I go hide in another country right and when we start freaking out we're focusing on the worst case scenario which is whatever the conspiracy or the idea is that we focused on and this is literally the definition of manifesting what we don't want now whether or not it's true to me, it doesn't matter because nothing is set in stone. Okay, maybe, maybe, let's say hypothetically there's a group out there, whether it's deep state or aliens or whatever it is, planning a doomsday or planning an apocalypse or taking over the government. Let's just say for the sake of this conversation right now that that is the ultimate truth and we can all agree that that is the truth. Now, what good does it do for the majority of people? to focus on the coming apocalypse or takedown of the government or takedown of the United States or whatever it might be. It does no good. All we're doing is giving the energy and the power to that thing that we don't want. We're literally giving our energy, our focus, right? Energy flows where focus goes, how we manifest. We're giving our energy and our focus to the exact events that we don't want. And if there was a group of people or aliens or demonic spirits or whatever it is that are planning these horrible things, they would want, it would be very smart of them to get all of the people to be terrified of what they're doing. Because when we're terrified of something, we have all of our focus on it all of the time. And we're literally manifesting that thing happening, right? This is like basics of manifestation. When you're focused on what you don't like, you magnetize that thing in your life. If you're focused on the job you hate, you're going to manifest yourself staying in that job. If you're focused on instead the kind of job that you actually want, 
while of course feeling gratitude for where you are, you're going to call in the job that you want. Okay, it's the same thing that's going on right now. Like it would be evil genius if these conspiracies were true and these apocalypse, whatever, were true, really in the works. It would be evil genius to put out all of these doomsday videos and conspiracy videos to get all of the people terrified and scared and divided and therefore feeding the exact thing that we don't want, giving our energy to these energetic parasites, literally helping these evil energies or whatever it is to call in and manifest and bring about these doomsday prophecies or conspiracy theories. Okay, so whether or not you actually believe in all that stuff, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I would argue that the actual capital T truth of what is going on here doesn't matter. And it's our desperate search for the ultimate truth of what is going on that is actually our demise in this scenario. You will never actually know the ultimate truth of every single thing that is going on. You will never actually know if every single one of your conspiracies or non-conspiracies or political beliefs are true or right. You just, it's not possible to know the capital T truth of everything. And to put all of our energy into figuring out what this truth is, we're going deeper and deeper and deeper into the fear. And yes, I think it is important to educate ourselves and to look at all sides of what's potentially possible, but it's totally different to become aware of things versus becoming obsessed with things or going into a fear spiral around things or giving your energy and your full belief to things that are fear-based. Now, another thing here is if we consider the universe, you know, the universe in my belief is a holographic universe. And if you haven't studied this or read about this at all, there's a really good book called Holographic Universe. You can even just research it. There's so much data out there around holographic universe and quantum physics and parallel realities. But basically to sum it up in a very short summary is we live in basically a hologram. The universe is a hologram for our collective consciousness. Now, there are ultimately millions of possibilities for this timeline, right? There are many, many, many timelines of which can appear in this universe that we experience. And quantum physics shows us that the second we think of something, it's already existing as a possibility in another timeline. Now, based on our energy, we can call in and align with certain timelines. And it's almost like, you know, we're like hopping from timeline to timeline. This is what happens when you manifest, right? This is why I always say like, you want to be rich there that already exists for you. There is literally a timeline in existence where you are a millionaire or billionaire. All we need to do is align with the version of you who has that millions of dollars in this other alternate timeline or parallel universe. It's another way to put it. When we align our energy with that version of us, right? We move through the limiting beliefs. We raise our energy. We heal our relationship with money. We start showing up as that version of us. We start calling that version in and we can experience that timeline. This is another way to think of manifestation. It's like things aren't just magically appearing and materializing into your reality. You are literally shifting from timeline to timeline into the timeline that you desire. This is my favorite way to, to really look at manifestation. And it's kind of like a higher level view of the way the universe works. And if this is confusing to you, it's okay. If it's the first time you've heard of this, like it's okay. If this doesn't resonate with you, it's okay. Take what resonates and leave what doesn't. However, 
when we look at the universe from this perspective of it's holographic, everything already exists. The second that we start thinking about these conspiracies or terrible things going on or like this horrible direction that politics is going to take us or whatever it is, we have created this possibility, this existence is already here. So there is a timeline, theoretically, in which all of these horrible things, all of these possibilities that leave us scared and hopeless, they exist there in that timeline. Now, the more we align our energy with these timelines, the more we are collectively calling in these timelines. We do not want to align with the timelines of the doomsday and the apocalypse and all these horrible things happening, right? Reality is not set in stone ever, ever, ever. Nothing is ever set in stone. Everything is always fluctuating and moving and adjusting based on energy, based on what we are in alignment with. The thing as collective manifestation, as a collective we manifest collective experiences. The state of the world right now is a collective manifestation of the subconscious of everyone existing. Therefore, as a collective, to manifest what we desire, we need to collectively have a dominant energy and focus on what we actually want, right? Calling in that new earth. And that's why us lightworkers are here to anchor in the energy and frequency of what we desire to call in. And the more of us that are doing this, which is becoming more and more and more, the more powerful it becomes and the more we can call in the timeline that we actually desire to experience. So when you look at things also from this perspective, you can understand that literally every single person's beliefs are valid to some extent. And what is most important is not, are you right or wrong or are you believing the right things? Do you know the ultimate truth of what's going on? What's really important is, are you focused on the dark or the light? Are you focused on fear or love? This is what matters more than anything. And while we're so caught up in arguing over what's right and what's wrong and who believes the right thing and putting each other down for the other person's beliefs and shaming others and blaming others, or just feeling fearful about our own beliefs or guilty. These are all just distractions. They are all just distractions to keep us from what actually matters here, which is focusing on the light and the love. And this doesn't mean we bypass the dark. This does not mean we don't look at it and feel it and see it. This doesn't mean we ignore it. But this means that we acknowledge it at the same time that we put our focus and our dominant energy on the love, on the light, on what we want to call in. This is really important. Once again, we're not bypassing the dark. We're not bypassing the evil. We're not bypassing the fear, okay? In the name of positive thinking, we're not doing that. We are allowed to acknowledge the fear, see that it's here, acknowledge the dark, acknowledge that there may be dark things going on, right? We have to acknowledge the dark side of spirituality. There is polarity, there is dark, and there is light always. And the dark must be acknowledged to be transmuted. So we can acknowledge all of the dark stuff and at the same time refocus on the love, on the light, on what we want to call in. We cannot allow the darkness or the fear or whatever it is, whatever you want to call it, we cannot allow it to take over, to feed on us, to steal our energy. So when taking a look at your beliefs, whatever it is that you believe in, ask yourself, are these beliefs fear-based or love-based? Do I believe them? Do I feed into them? Do I obsess over them because I'm scared? Do they inspire fear within me? Or is it coming from a place of love? Right? Everything is about intention. We have to look at the energy behind 
everything that we do and everything that we believe. This is one of the main reasons why I left Christianity. You know, back in, I used to be extremely religious in high school and even going into college a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with religion, nothing wrong with Christianity. For me, it wasn't for me. Um, You know, I believe that actually religion is just learning from someone else's spiritual experience and spirituality is having the experiences yourself. So there's nothing wrong with either one at all. However, one of the reasons I moved away from Christianity was because I didn't like that I personally felt like I believed it because I was scared not to, right? I was scared of the concept of hell. And so therefore, I felt fearful around not believing in God or in Jesus or whatever it was. For me, when I was in the religion, and this is not everyone's experience within the religion, this was my personal experience. I was coming from a place of fear, not love. I was motivated by fear. And I did not like that. And for me, I always thought, you know, if God is unconditional love, why does he need to motivate me with the fear of hell to love him or to love Jesus or whatever? And I still believe in God and I still believe in Jesus. I don't subscribe to any religion anymore because it came from a place of fear. So for me, it was unhealthy. My energy was in the wrong place. Now, for some people within the religion, their love, their experience is not fear-based and that's wonderful. For me, it was fear-based. So for me, it was toxic. For me, it was negative. For me, it was not good. I was putting my energy in the wrong place. And this is the same thing with the belief systems now. Whether it's a political belief or an apocalyptic belief or a conspiracy. There is no right or wrong around what you need to believe. There's a right or wrong comes from the intention. And once again, I wouldn't even say the intention is a right or wrong. It's either love or not. That's truly what it is. Right? And source, energy, God, the divine, whatever you want to call it, the universe is love by nature. That is the capital T truth. If you want to know the truth, the only thing we can know is true is love. And anything that is not love-based is not your truth. Whether or not it is a truth in this, in reality, is subjective. Reality is always shifting. And whatever you believe becomes your truth and becomes true in your reality. As soon as you believe that there's no hope, the world's going to end, you're going to start seeing proof everywhere of that. It's going to start to, your world will begin to shift to act as if that belief is true, therefore pushing you more and more into your fear. You choose to believe that there is hope, that we are supported and guided, that light overcomes darkness always, that light and love always win. Good always wins in the end. You believe that, you will start to see a reality in which that becomes true. You're going to start to experience things and attract things to you, whether it be news articles or people or experiences that back up your belief. So this is so important to understand because the same way I teach about beliefs around money or beliefs around self-worth or beliefs around love, your beliefs are always fulfilled by your reality, always. It's the same thing with beliefs around the world right now. Your beliefs are going to be fulfilled by your reality. Now, we do have collective consciousness and collective manifestation, which means you alone cannot manifest, you know, for example, the coronavirus to go away or a certain 
conspiracy around the world to come true or not. That is a collective thing. However, we feed into the collective dominant energy by where we put our focus. And at the same time, your personal reality is going to shift to back up whatever beliefs around about the world that you have. So does it serve you to feed into beliefs that create massive fear? My opinion is no. And you know, a lot of people argue, well, we need to know about this stuff. If it's true, we need to be prepared. We need to be prepared for what happens. We need to be prepared for if there is a doomsday. We need to be prepared for if there is an apocalypse, if we get invaded, if, uh, you know, if Trump is president, if Biden is president, like everyone has a different evil. Uh, And it's all based on your belief and what you believe to be evil or bad or whatever meaning and labels we give things. However, this would be my response to that. And, you know, I'm guessing most of you, I know I do, you lock your doors at night. You lock your front door. It doesn't mean you expect someone to come rob you. You're not sitting next to your door with a gun expecting someone to walk in. You go to bed and you sleep through the night. And most of us are not waking up every hour expecting someone to break in. We're just not. However, we still lock our doors. But we're not giving all of our energy to the idea of a robber coming into our house and breaking in. We still prepare just in case. We're being cautious, we're being safe, but we're not putting all of our energy and focus there. This is the same energy we want to embody right now. We can be cautious, we can be prepared, we can acknowledge that there is darkness, we can acknowledge that there are robbers, we can acknowledge that there are possibilities of evil things. Darkness does exist. However, we still go to sleep at night, right? We don't expect the robber to come. We're not waiting there for it. Same thing. We can be cautious, we can acknowledge the possibilities and what's going on, but we don't give all of our energy to it. We can be prepared in whatever way you want to be prepared, but we focus on what we desire to call in. Because if we sat at our front door, anxious, waiting for that robber to break in, energetically, the chances of a robber breaking in get much higher (laughs) because you have become an energetic match for that robber by expecting that robber to be there. Same thing with the world right now. So once again, I'm not telling anyone to not educate themselves or to not read up on everything going on and all the different possibilities and what the truth might be. But this gets really toxic when we let it create all of this fear and we attach ourselves to it. And at the same time, understand that you're not here by accident. (laughs) Your soul chose to incarnate into this realm onto planet earth at this specific time period for a reason. And you're here listening to this podcast for a reason. If you listen to my podcast, you most likely have had some sort of awakening or experiencing one now, right? You have higher levels of consciousness now than you probably did a year ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, right? We're experiencing mass awakenings right now because our souls incarnated here to awaken at this time for a reason so that we can anchor in the light. We can anchor in the frequency of the new earth we are calling in. We can only do that if all of us who are awakening are able to refocus our energy. We have to take responsibility for our own energy. And there was a time period for me where I got lost in all of this too. Like I'm human as well. I went through a time period of reading all of this stuff and I was attracting nonstop people sending me these videos and these articles and telling me all of these doomsday things and I felt really hopeless 
And then I had all these realizations and now I'm taking the control back over my energy. And what I realized is I experienced all of that anxiety around the conspiracies and the doomsday stuff because I was meant to share this message. I had to experience it so I could turn it around and share this experience, help everyone else do the same. We need to move out of a state that is dominantly overtaken by fear. We need to end the obsession with fear and darkness. You know, we get so lost up in the arguments, you know, the is coronavirus real? Is it not real? Is it a scam? Is it the government making it up? Is it Donald Trump trying to get reelected? Is it, you know, created by aliens? Like, who cares? Who gives a rat's ass? Like, truly, it does not matter at the end of the day. Because do you have control over that? No. You don't have control. What you do have control over is your energy. Fear lowers your immune system, lowers your ability to think rationally, lowers your ability to look at your own belief systems, to have that conscious awareness. It lowers your ability to tap into the flow of energy that is divine love, the energy of the universe. It lowers your ability to connect with your highest self. Now, it doesn't mean that we need to bypass the fear. You're allowed to feel fear. You're allowed to experience it. We need to experience it to let it go. But what I've also come to understand is that anxiety and fear is not always what we think it is. You know, oftentimes we aren't triggered for the reasons that we think we are. For examples, in my life, I was getting really triggered back in May by some of these conspiracies and, you know, everything going on. It was scary. And I was getting this anxiety around it. And I was like, why do I feel so much anxiety around this? Because I never give my energy to beliefs like this. Why is this happening? I was feeling all this anxiety around all of these conspiracy theories around the coronavirus and around what's going on in the world and around like apocalypse stuff. And what I uncovered was I was actually feeling anxiety around a different area of my life. I was feeling anxious about where I was going to move. Right, I'm in the process of moving, figuring out where I want to live in the world and manifesting my dream apartment. And I was feeling this fear around it because it was really scary for me to be moving in the midst of all of this uncertainty in the world. So I had this anxiety around moving, but I wasn't allowing myself to feel it. I kept telling myself, no, I'm fine. No, I'm fine. I'm surrendering this. No, I'm fine. I was bypassing my own fear and anxiety, right? I wasn't allowing myself to actually feel it and be there for it, which is a really important part of transmuting any emotion. So I was getting really triggered by these conspiracies and everything else that was showing up because my anxiety from the situation around moving, since I wasn't allowing myself to experience it, it was attaching itself onto these other conspiracies and things that I was reading because the anxiety wants to be felt, it wants to be heard, it wants to be seen. It's not going to go away until... I listen to it and I uncover why it's here. Right? It's like an annoying visitor at your house. They're determined to talk to you. And like they're going to bang on your door. And if they don't answer your door, they're going to go bang on your window. And if you don't answer the window, they're going to go into your backyard and, and bang on your backyard door. Right? They are going to keep coming back around until you let them in and hear what they have to say. Emotions are the same way. So when the anxiety couldn't get in through the situation with my housing, it just went to the window right? 
it attached itself to this situation with the conspiracy theories. And I started feeling this fear and anxiety, but I wasn't even actually scared about what I thought I was scared about. The anxiety was from something else that was attaching itself to this scenario, and this is extremely common. Extremely, extremely common. If you have undealt with emotions or fear or anxiety, it's going. you're more likely to get triggered about anything. Because that fear and anxiety that you're not allowing yourself to fear in other areas of your life that just wants to be seen and felt and heard and understood is going to do anything it can to get your attention. So next time you feel like you're feeling anxiety or fear around things that maybe feel a little bit irrational to you, ask yourself, ask the emotion, like, why are you here? Where are you coming from? And actually listen and don't judge what comes up. Whether it's the name of a random person you haven't thought about in years or a situation you thought you were totally fine with, notice what your mind goes to because your mind will show you if you listen. Tune into your heart. Tune into your truth. You know, another example of this is people who argue with each other around what the truth is about what's going on or about politics. And let's say there's, you know, two people arguing and one person gets really angry and they're like, no, you know, you're wrong. I can't believe you would say that. And they get in a heated discussion. Now they think they're getting triggered because the other person has an incorrect belief. But in actuality, as one example, they're getting triggered because their inner child wounds are being poked at. For example, let's say someone had an experience in childhood where they received love and praise from their parents when they were right. And when they were wrong about things, they got yelled at. So they learned, they conditioned themselves to never, ever, 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 ever show up with the wrong answer, right? Because to them, being right meant receiving love. Because as a kid, praise means love. And when they were wrong, they learned, we don't receive love. We receive pain. So as an adult, they need to always be right because for them, being right means receiving love. Every single person is just trying to receive love in the way that they learned how unconsciously as a child. So this adult in this argument is triggered. They're angry because they're being told that they're wrong. Now they think they're angry because that other person has a view that is incorrect or because that other person believes something that is stupid in their viewpoint. That's not why they're actually mad. They're triggered because they're in danger of being wrong. And to them, that means being unloved. And they need to protect their opinion as being the right opinion, no matter what, because to them, being right means being loved. And to our inner child, the worst thing in the world is to not be loved, to not receive love. So that person, their inner child, their inner wounds are trying to receive love through this argument by proving that they are right at all costs. This means that in this argument, that person's not actually open to receiving the other side. They're not actually open to rational, logical arguments from the other side. They're not actually open to changing their beliefs. They are only trying to receive love unconsciously through this interaction, which means this argument on the surface is conscious argument. It consciously looks like it's an argument between left and right, between conservative and liberal, Democrat and Republican, between coronavirus is real, coronavirus is fake, between mask or not mask, between apocalypse or no apocalypse, between conspiracy or not conspiracy. But that's not actually what the argument is. This is actually an unconscious search for love and significance. 
That is what most arguments are. When you see heated arguments on Facebook or Instagram or in real life, on a conscious level, it looks like they're trying to create change because they believe that their belief is the right belief that will create change in the world. And they want to convince the other person to be on their side. Because if we have more people on our side, we create more change for my belief. Right? I want more people to wear masks. So I'm going to argue with those who don't wear masks so I can get them to believe that masks are important because their idea is stupid and they're endangering people. So if I argue with them, I can convince them that I'm right and therefore they will wear their mask and will save more lives and change the world. Right? That would be the conscious logical explanation behind why people are arguing with each other. And this could go on either side. I can make that same argument for the person arguing for no mask. I'm just using this as an example. Now, that's the conscious reason that someone would give you behind why they're arguing. Now, the actual unconscious reason, like I said, is number one, trying to receive love. And number two, oftentimes, most people are unconsciously trying to attain significance under the cover of consciously trying to inspire change. And once again, this is usually highly unconscious. We don't have awareness around this. So people might have the best of intentions because they don't know what is unconsciously going on underneath the surface. This is why it is so important to awaken to these new levels of awareness. Now, how do we actually create change, right? If someone actually prioritizes change over their ego, over significance over power over their unconscious grabs at receiving whatever love means to their wounded inner child this is how you create real change we need to change people's belief systems if you really believe i'm just going to keep using this example if you really believe that everyone needs to wear a mask and that will change the world there's nothing wrong with that belief it's a valid belief now if you hold this belief and you're arguing with those who won't wear masks, or you're calling them out, or saying they're stupid, or putting up polarizing memes that shame them under the name of change. You are actually unconsciously trying to receive significance. And I see this all the time in comments on Instagram. It's like people are trying to outwoke each other in the comments. You know? We're commenting and attacking people and like, oh no, you know, you're doing this and you need to Google what this means because you're doing it and you're doing this all wrong and like we're correcting each other and trying to prove that we're more conscious and we know it's right. But in reality, is that going to create change? This is what happens when we do this. When we put out this polarizing content that's shaming other people or these comments on people's Instagrams or Facebooks or even in person, when we attack people, this is what happens. As soon as we attack someone or tell them they're wrong, their defense mechanisms go up. Their ego has just been, you know, poked, prodded. So defense mechanisms go up because most of us, our beliefs become our identity, right? Us believing that everyone needs to wear a mask or not wear a mask or whatever the belief is becomes a part of our identity. Our ego attaches ourselves to it. So when someone challenges that, our identity is being challenged. So our defense mechanisms go up to protect us because we always want to protect our identity. We don't want that to ever be questioned because that feels unsafe. So defense mechanisms go up. Therefore, anything that that person says, anything that someone says after attacking someone or telling them that they're wrong, is just going to hit those defense mechanisms, hit those walls and bounce back off. 
They are not going to get into that person's mind. They're not going to make progress most of the time in changing their opinion. So what actually happens is the person attacking the other person, blaming the other person, uh, telling the other person they're wrong, they're receiving unconscious significance because they feel more confirmed in their beliefs. They feel like they're on a higher level of moral ground. They feel like I am more conscious, right? And this is all can be highly subconscious. This doesn't mean this person is actually thinking this, right? We're all coming from good intentions here. But on a subconscious level, our ego is gaining significance. Our ego is standing on quote unquote higher moral ground, right? We feel better about ourselves, oftentimes very unconsciously by doing this. So you have to ask yourself, am I trying to create change? Truly, or am I trying to gain significance? Because if we're trying to create change, that means our ego has got to go to sleep. Because this is how you actually create change. Not by making negative comments or calling people out and attacking them or telling someone they're wrong. Right? That's not how you change belief systems. And to change someone's mind, you need to change their belief system. No amount of arguing is typically going to change someone's belief system. Because their belief system is their worldview. It is what they believe. The same way that you believe your belief system is true, they believe their belief system is true with the same level of, of sureness, but the same level of conviction. They have the same level of conviction in their beliefs that you do in yours. And most likely, you're not going to change your belief because someone argues with you or tells you you're wrong. You're just going to become even more sure of your beliefs and you're going to become even more passionate about arguing about your beliefs. The other person is the same way. So we create change not by telling someone they're wrong. We create change by first creating trust. When we have trust with someone, their defense mechanisms are less likely to go up. When we create trust with someone, we can actually get to their belief systems. We can have open, safe containers for conversation in which there is no judgment, no shame, no guilt. This is what we need from this space of trust and the safe container with no shame, no guilt, no judgment. We can change belief systems because you don't change someone's mind without changing their belief system and their belief system is going to be protected by that defensive wall put up by their ego anytime. It feels attacked or in danger. You know, what if we spend all the time that we spend policing others and attacking others and telling others they're wrong? What if we spend all of that time actually trying to understand others? Trying to understand where their beliefs came from, why they believe what they believe, what experiences they've had in their life that built up this story that they're living through, what pain they have in their heart that is creating their point of view or the way that they're acting out or being triggered? What if we spend all of our time understanding that so as to influence real change? Because when we understand where someone is coming from, when we understand what experiences shape their worldview, when we understand why they believe what they believe, we can influence real change. We need to stop using our beliefs our opinions, our views to invalidate others. We need to stop fighting for significance, fighting to feed our own inner wounding. 
through experiences with others. And what a lot of people fail to realize is every single person is a reflection of you. We're all one energy under the illusion of many because we all incarnated into separate human body suits, but we're all from the same energy. We're all one. We're all connected. We're all part of a collective consciousness. There is no actual separation. So when you attack someone else, you're attacking yourself. It's all one and the same. Every single person is you, a reflection of you. When you're blaming someone else, shaming someone else, guilting someone else, judging someone else, you're actually shaming yourself, guilting yourself, judging yourself. They are reflecting back to you the shadows of your own soul. And so all outward judgment, hate, shame, loathing is actually self-judgment, self-hate, self-loathing, self-shame, self-guilt. It's one and the same. There's no separation. And when we realize that, we realize that us facing our shadows is part of the solution. And so when we can look at the person that we want to hate, that we want to condemn, that we want to shame, and we love them, we're learning to love our own shadows. And this is what will heal the world. Because when we love and integrate our own shadows, the parts of ourselves that are capable of the things that we hate in others, we heal and transmute those parts of us. And it's how we create massive ripple effects and change in the world. Because when that part of us is no longer crying for attention, which is why it's being reflected back in the people around us, it's no longer that dominant energy. We're no longer manifesting from that place. We're no longer calling in experiences which are a match for the wounded parts of us. So to heal the world, we need to heal ourselves because the world is us and we are the world. To love ourselves, we need to love others. To love others, we need to love ourselves. There's no difference. When you have no hate or loathing or judgment for yourself, you become incapable of hate or loathing or judgment of others. However, we create these divisions of other, you know, the other side, the Democrats, the Republicans, the ones who don't wear masks, the ones who do wear masks, the conspiracy theory people, the non-conspiracy theory people, right? Everyone has a reason why the other group is wrong and a logical reason. I've heard the arguments for everything. I've heard the arguments that, make the conspiracy theory believers look stupid. And I'm like, okay, that's valid. And I hear the arguments that make the people who won't even listen to conspiracy theories look stupid. And I'm like, okay, that's valid. And I hear the arguments for why conservatives are wrong and the arguments for why liberals are wrong and the arguments on every single side. And they all have some validity, validity to them. And as long as we're focused on arguing over which one has more validity and who's actually right, we're feeding once again the exact energy we're trying to move away from. What we fail to realize is that the ones that we think are wrong are a reflection of us and our shadows. And us hating them is perpetuating the problem. It doesn't mean that we don't need to call people out on their bullshit. It doesn't mean that we sit back passively and watch while people harm others. When people have beliefs that are literally harmful to others, we don't stand back and do nothing. But our hate is perpetuating the exact problem that we're trying to solve by blaming and hating them. Loving someone doesn't mean they're right. It doesn't condone what they're doing. It means that we're no longer feeding the energy of the negative experience that they are perpetuating. It means that we're letting go of the hate for the version of ourselves, for the parts of us that have the capacity to be like them. They're a reflection of us. We all have the capacity for everything. We have the capacity for good within us. We have the capacity for evil within us. It is all dependent on which 
you feed, which you give your energy to. So when we're triggered by others who are giving their energy to the dark parts of them, we're hating that capacity within us too. It's self-hate, self-loathing. There's no separation. And there is no healing through hate. Whether it's hate of ourselves or hate of others doesn't matter. Nothing is healed through hate. Everything is healed through love. Once again, loving someone does not mean you love what they're doing. It doesn't mean you like them. You don't even need to like them. It doesn't mean you condone them or agree with what they're doing. We can call someone out. We can stand up for what we believe in and still come through a place of love. We can still show up with love. We heal through love, not hate. And we heal through faith, not fear. You know, a big part of shadow work, which a lot of people like to avoid, there's a big, you know, pattern of spiritual bypassing in the spiritual community where we are only focused on love and light and we ignore the shadow, we ignore the darkness, right? We, we're willing to say that the people we love are a reflection of us, but the ones that we hate and we judge and who are doing terrible things, no way. We don't want to agree that they're a reflection of us. We don't realize that we are all of the things. We have the capacity for everything within us and we are learning to focus on love. We are learning to become love, more loving. That doesn't mean that we don't have the capacity for darkness within us and that is reflected in our world. And if we want to heal the darkness in the world, we need to heal the darkness within ourselves and we heal it by facing it, acknowledging it and integrating it and loving it. Everything is healed through love and we cannot heal what we will not acknowledge. So part of shadow integration work is loving all parts of yourself, even the shadows that are reflected back to you and the people that you hate, condemn, and judge. It means loving even the parts of yourself that feel unlovable. It means forgiving and letting go of hate to make room for what was always there to begin with. Love. More love. And a big part of this is forgiveness. You know, literally brain scans show us that when you're in a state of forgiveness, you're in this like higher energetic state. Your brain literally changes. Forgiveness is so powerful and it's the best way to let go of hate. Forgiving ourselves, forgiving others for what they do. Once again, forgiveness doesn't mean condoning. It doesn't mean approving. It doesn't even mean liking. It means letting go of the hate. Letting go of the judgment. Because when we hold on to the hate and the judgment, once again, we are perpetuating the same thing we are trying to move away from. We're giving our energy to the same negativity and violence and, and whatever it is, the same experiences that we want to get rid of in this world. But the only way we can actually get rid of them is to face them, acknowledge them, and love them. All healing comes through love. Once again, doesn't mean we don't take action, but the inner work has to come first. Anytime we're putting all of our focus on the things that we hate, we're attracting more of what we hate. We're manifesting more of what we hate. And I know there's so much hate and anger around the U.S. right now. And people are feeling unpatriotic and hating our country. And there's nothing wrong, once again, with acknowledging the darkness. We have to acknowledge the darkness. We have to acknowledge that some pretty shitty, terrible things have taken place in the United States. However, when we sit here and we focus on hate and dislike and how how awful it is and how much we hate it. Once again, we're perpetuating what we want to move away from. 
We heal through love. And what a lot of people are failing to realize, once again, is our country is a reflection of us. It's a manifestation of our collective consciousness. It would not be this way. Racism couldn't exist. Violence couldn't exist. War couldn't exist. None of this could exist if it wasn't already existing in our collective consciousness. Everything going on is the manifestation of our own psyches, our belief systems, our subconscious minds, our collective consciousness. It's a manifestation of us, which means our healing will heal the world. We cannot heal the world without healing it within ourselves, without healing it within our own subconscious, within our own psyches, within our own minds, without loving it first. Hating the United States is the same as, once again, self-hate. We're hating the reflection of ourselves, our shadow selves that we see reflected in it because it's really painful to face the parts of ourselves that could have been a part of manifesting this reality. But when we hate it, we bypass it. We say, that's not me. I hate that person. I hate the United States. I hate that group of people. That's not me. Therefore, we can't heal it because we don't acknowledge it as being a part of us. But it is a part of us. Everything is a part of us. Nothing is separate. That person, the United States, that group of people, that political party, they are you. And when you hate them, when you say they are the other, they are the problem, we point fingers, we separate it because it feels safer. It feels more comfortable to say, that's not me. It's very uncomfortable to say, I don't like that, but that is me. That is a reflection of me because I am not separate. We are one and therefore this is a part of my healing work integrate this part of my existence to acknowledge it and to love it anyways to love them to love that group to love that political party to love that person to love this country even though I can acknowledge the darkness that will heal the world they are you and you are them this world this country the the state you're living in I, I don't care where you are it's a reflection of you hating anything perpetuates the thing that you hate Manifest more of the thing that you hate. Hating anything is hating yourself. Radical, unconditional self-love will heal the world. Because there is no difference between loving yourself and loving the world. And when I say loving yourself, I don't mean buying yourself flowers and taking bubble baths. That is self-care. I mean radically, unconditionally acknowledging and loving the shadow parts of you. The parts of you that feel unlovable. Acknowledging. The reflections that you see of yourself in the world that you don't want to look at or acknowledge as a part of you. That is true self-love. That is radical, unconditional self-love. And this is the real spiritual, spiritual work. People want spirituality when it's all love and light and meditating and high vibes. But they throw it away when it means looking at things that are really uncomfortable. They throw it away when it means acknowledging that that doomsday theory is a reflection of the fear that already existed within you. That that political group you hate is a reflection of the shadow sides of you that you're unwilling to look at. That that person that triggers you so much, that's ignorant and stupid and uneducated and won't wear a mask or wears a mask too much, they are you. They are you. There is no separation. And when you can start to look at every single person, thing, experience, as you, as a part of you, you can begin the healing process. You can begin the integration process. 
we can begin to heal the world. But as long as we are under the illusion of separation, we cannot heal. As long as they are always the others, we cannot heal. And you might say, well, what about terrible things? What about the KKK? They're not me. I'm not racist. They're not a reflection of me. This doesn't mean that it's an expressed part of you. The KKK only exists and can only exist as a manifestation of a collective vibration that is already existing. There is subconscious racism existing within many of us. I would even dare to say all of us. And the KKK could not exist if that energy did not exist to feed them, to create that group. They are a manifestation of our subconscious. It is our work to go into our subconscious and acknowledge the racism that exists there. And as long as we say, I'm not racist, this doesn't exist, we're bypassing. We're denying ourselves the healing. We're denying ourselves the part of us that is a part of the problem. But we want to point fingers and say the KKK, they are the problem. They have to go away. We have to hate them. We have to get rid of them. We have to blame them. And yes, of course, they're evil and it's awful and it sucks. It's terrible, truly, and it's painful. However, as long as we see them as separate from us totally, say they are the problem, point fingers, we're perpetuating the problem. Pointing a finger at them is the same as pointing a finger at ourselves because they are a part of us doesn't mean that we're consciously racist, doesn't mean that we would ever support them. But there is something within our psyches, our subconscious, that needs healing. There's something within our energy that needs healing, that needs acknowledgement, that needs love. Can we see even the most horrible groups as a reflection to some extent of us? Even the doomsday and the prophecies that create so much fear, those couldn't exist if that fear wasn't already within your energetic field. It's a reflection of what's already existing within you so that you can heal it. And most of it is so subconscious. It's not expressed in you. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. By saying the KKK is to some extent a reflection. By saying that person I don't like is a reflection. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. That's not what this is. It means they're a reflection of the shadow sides of me that are unexpressed within me because I don't feed that part of me. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist within me doesn't mean that it doesn't need my acknowledgement. It doesn't mean that it's not looking to be loved and to be healed. Pointing fingers is bypassing our own healing. That is being, that we are being called to in the reflection of the others that are triggering us. And one of my favorite stories, there is a man, uh, he's a black man, and he has now befriended, I think it's over 200 KKK members, and um, they all 200 of them have given up their robes. And it's such a beautiful example of this because what he realized was when he befriended the, the KKK members, he created trust with them. They noticed their similarities, right? When you, when you notice similarities with someone, you can no longer think of them as the other, right? You can no longer think of them as totally separate from you. So when he created this trust with them and they started to realize that they had similarities, they're both human, they were able to actually begin to question their own beliefs and those belief systems began to break down and they gave up their robes to him. Now, this didn't happen because he attacked them or hated them. It happened because he loved them, which is very hard to do. He saw them as a reflection of himself, his own humanness. And he was able to love them regardless of their hate, 
and in that way, he was able to manifest more love. He was able to manifest the end of 200 KKK clan members, not the end of their lives, obviously, the end of their lives within the KKK movement. They gave up their robes. And this is an incredible example of healing and manifestation through love. And I highly recommend looking him up because he's an incredible. His story is so, so incredible. And another example of healing and creating change through love is there's a tribe. Oh, I forget where it is, but I just read this story the other day as well. There is a culture. Um, I'm not sure what country, but what they do is when someone in their group, tribe, culture does something bad, instead of punishing them, they bring them in and all of the community members sit around them and they sing to them, right? Every person when they're born has this song. It's like their soul song. It's this loving song. And they sing their soul song to them and they remind them how loved they are because they understand that all wrongdoing is from disconnect from love. When we're disconnected from love, from divine, from God, from source, from universe, when we're disconnected, we're more likely to take action which is in alignment with not love. So instead of punishing, right, instead of hating, instead of judging, they remind that person of the love that is there for them. So powerful. So how can we actually manifest change right now? See everything and everyone. Be willing to do the triggering work of seeing everything and everyone as a reflection of you. Do your own healing for whatever comes up in that reflection. Do your shadow integration. No more spiritual bypassing. Focus on the beliefs that are love-based rather than fear-based. And we need to anchor in the new vision. And before I talk about anchoring in the new vision, I want to talk a little bit about how to actually do the work when you're triggered by someone because it can be very hard and I know it's easy to say oh yeah just forgive them and love them but that's difficult and something that helps me is understanding that every single person is acting from their wounded inner children as I touched on before so when someone triggers you whether it's because they have this like radical harmful as you believe political view or you think they're ignorant or whatever it might be look at them and see their three four five year old self see how wounded that inner child is. See them crying and aching for love. See them feeling abandoned. See how unloved they're feeling in this moment. And see how that wound, that pain, is creating this reaction, however it is that they are acting. Because they are trying to receive love unconsciously in whatever way they learned in their childhood experiences. And when you can see that, when you see them acting from this pain, it's easier to have empathy. What pain does a KKK member have to hold in their heart to join the KKK? What pain does someone have to hold in their heart to attack someone viciously on social media? What pain does someone have to have in their heart to physically, violently harm another person? What pain does someone have to have in their heart to put you down? Remember, anyone putting you down, saying negative things to you, attacking you, it has nothing to do with you. It's a reflection of their own 
hate or judgment for themselves, which they see reflected in you, which triggers them. And when they're yelling at you, they're actually yelling at the reflection of themselves they see in you because it's too painful to see it as a reflection of ourselves. So we say, that's them, that's the other. And we hate on the other, not failing to realize that the other is just us, like I said before. But at the same time, when you receive negativity, you can understand if it triggers you, it creates an emotional response in you. It's letting you know that you already believe on a subconscious level what they are accusing you of. It's letting you know where your subconscious beliefs are. So all this negativity going on on social media, in the world, it's a massive opportunity for us to have some really incredible healing. But we have to be willing to see the reflection first. So at the end of the day, I don't care what you believe. I don't care if you're Democrat or Republican or right or left or you believe the conspiracies or not, or you have radical political views, or you believe reptilians are taking over the earth. I don't care what you believe. I care if you have the ability to look at the opposite beliefs and see their validity as well. I care that you are willing to take the time to understand other perspectives before condemning them. I care if you are able to see the views opposite of yours as, as reflections of you. I care if you are able to raise people up rather than pushing them down and stomping on them. I care that you are able to hold two contradictory perspectives in your mind and acknowledge the validity of both. And acknowledge the validity of both at the same time. This is the definition of consciousness. The definition of consciousness is being able to hold contradictory ideals within your mind, acknowledge the validity of both, and not go crazy, basically. Acknowledging that everyone's coming from a different belief system and it's a holographic universe. All of our beliefs are valid to us because we believe them. I care whether you are giving your dominant energy to the darkness, to the fear, or to the love, to the light, to the vision that we're anchoring in. I would argue it's not what you believe that matters the most. It's your intention behind why you believe what you believe. Because at the end of the day, we're all on the same team. 99% of people want more love, want more equality, want more abundance, want more freedom in every sense of the word. And we're all fighting for it in a different way. And we all have different beliefs around how to get it and what is the best path. And what is the best path based on our belief systems, based on which political belief we subscribe to, based on which conspiracies we subscribe to or don't subscribe to. So we're all arguing with each other, not realizing that we're all on the same team. We're all the same energy. We are all one. There's no separation we all want more love, more freedom, more equality, more abundance in every sense of every one of those words. But we're perpetuating exactly what we don't want by seeing everyone else as the other, which is the problem. And if you really do want to reconnect to your truth, you need to disconnect to reconnect. We need to disconnect from obsessively reading the articles, obsessively following the news, obsessively reading the conspiracy theories, obsessively watching the doomsday videos. Because as long as we're giving all of our energy outward to what we're reading, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, what we're watching, 
We're not giving any energy inward, right? And you are your own Google search engine. You have the answers. Your truth is within you. But as long as you're giving your energy to everything outward, you cannot connect to what is inward. You need to disconnect from everything outside of you to reconnect to what is inside of you. Try taking a day off of social media, a day off of the internet, or even half a day, a day off of watching the videos, a day off of listening to the opinions of others, and listen to yourself, to your own truth, because it's there. It's within you. But as long as we're wasting all of our time, you know, every single person has a, has a different opinion. Every spiritual teacher has an explanation for why the other spiritual teacher has a different viewpoint. Every news outlet has an explanation for why the other news outlet is wrong and stupid. You're never going to find the ultimate truth by searching for it outwardly. You can only find it by reconnecting inwardly, by reconnecting to your highest self, to source, to the universe, to love. Your truth is within you disconnect to reconnect and I want to I want to touch on manifesting collectively the new earth that we do desire the outcomes that we want and first of all I would beg of anyone listening to do your best to hold back from sharing videos resources articles which predict terrible things because many people who may not have the same level of consciousness as you are going to feed into and attach themselves to these negative ideas and therefore unconsciously manifest the negative things that we don't want, right? Unless you have the consciousness to understand that you can have this awareness and at the same time still, at the same time still anchor in the frequency of what we desire to attract. You don't have that awareness you're going to start to unconsciously attract the things that we don't want by focusing on them and by creating more fear. So let's stop spreading the negativity. We need to meet people at their level of consciousness. Remember, as soon as you believe something, it exists. The possibility of it is real. Does it mean you will physically experience it in this reality? No, not necessarily. And this is how we can call in what we do want to experience. We need to anchor in the vision of the new earth that we're calling in. So what would it feel like to experience a reality in which there was unlimited freedom, unlimited equality, unlimited love, and unlimited abundance, which every single person was living through love? Every single person experienced wild amounts of abundance. We all had beautiful relationships. No one lived through labels. What would that look like, feel like, sound like, smell like, taste like, involve all of your senses? Like, what would that experience be like? Like, feel how your energy literally shifts and changes as you think about what this beautiful society would be like. This is the energy, this is the frequency we need to anchor in. This is why we incarnated here to anchor in this frequency. We are here on purpose because we have the ability to hold the energetic space for this frequency, this vibration, this loving, abundant energy, this vision in the midst of the chaos of the fear. That is why us lightworkers are here to hold this vision in the midst of the fear that the world is experiencing as we purge 
the fear consciousness, the scarcity consciousness, everything that's coming to the surface right now to be healed. As that is purged and there is outward chaos, we need to hold ourselves inwardly in this vibration of love of the world we want to, to call in, to manifest. Every single day, hold this vision. Remind yourself of the world we're fighting for, the world we're calling in. Anytime you fall back into fear around the politics or the conspiracies or whatever it is that creates fear and anxiety for you or the coronavirus, hold in, call in that vision again of the world that you desire to call in. The one where coronavirus doesn't exist. The one where there's abundance, equality, and love for all. And then ask yourself, who is the version of me that lives in this world, this new earth? How are they showing up? What is their energy like? What actions are they taking? How can I show up as a version of me who lives in this new earth? Because the only way we can call in that new earth is by all of us becoming, being, in the state of being, which is a match for that world. Which means we need to be ourselves now as if we are already living in that world. We need to hold the faith. We need to hold the trust. We need to hold on to the love. No matter what we're experiencing externally. The universe has still got our backs. We're still guided and supported. We've got this. We do. Might get worse before it gets better. It might not. Doesn't matter. We're here to anchor in the faith. We're here to anchor in the trust. We're here to anchor in the vision. We're here to anchor in the frequency of love. The world right now needs you to show up as your highest self so you can anchor in this frequency. So you can heal yourself. The world needs you to heal. The world needs you to love to love yourself radically and unconditionally. The world needs you to also feel your emotions. Your emotions are real and valid. I don't care what you're sad, scared, angry about, your emotions are valid. Just because you feel like it's irrational to feel the way that you're feeling doesn't mean it's not valid. Remember, our emotions can attach onto different scenarios. Even if that's not the scenario that is actually creating the emotion, the emotion could be coming from childhood. And it's being triggered in this scenario because you've never allowed yourself to feel it. You cannot embody your highest self if you repress and disregard and invalidate your own emotions. We can only show up as our highest selves if we allow ourselves to feel our emotions. If we allow ourselves to radically and unconditionally love ourselves through everything. The world needs you to be that version of you. This is why you incarnated here. to be love and you walking around in a state of fear because you're obsessing over everything that's wrong in the world or obsessing over the ignorance of the other groups or obsessing over whether or not the conspiracies are true or not you are unable to fully embody your highest self which means you're holding the world back from healing because you're holding yourself back from healing. It means you're not allowing your frequency to be at its highest state. We need our frequencies to be at their highest state, to call in this new world, to call in this healing. We need to anchor it in. So hold your vision, hold on to your faith, hold on to your love. Do not bypass the darkness. Do not bypass the emotions. But don't forget to focus on love. Don't forget to focus on the light. 
love gets to win. We get to experience the life of our wildest dreams, the most abundant existence. But that only happens by us doing the work, doing the healing, holding the vision, anchoring in the vibration. So that's all I have for you. I could talk about this literally all day long. I could go into like every single conspiracy and break everything down, but that's not what this episode is here for. I hope that this empowered you in some way to refocus on love. Hope this empowered you to think for yourself. Hope this empowered you to see the world in a different light. I hope this empowered you to dive into your own shadow and start your own healing journey. And if you want help with that and support with that, that's what I'm here for. You can always reach out to me. I would be honored to have you in my academy. I'd be honored to work closely with you. I also have free manifestation trainings every single week where I'm talking about rewiring your mind, which is so important right now, especially if you want to call in this new abundant version, not just the world, but your life because <laughs> you're so worthy of it. So the link is in the show notes to register. The training is completely free. I would love to have you there. We'll answer all of your burning manifestation questions. If my podcast has helped you in any way, I would love for you to leave me an honest review on iTunes. It means the world to me. It makes my day scrolling through those. Sometimes they make me cry. And if you do decide to leave a review, if you feel called to take a screenshot of it before you submit it and email it to hello at pursuitofbliss.net. And you're going to receive a little gift from me at as a thank you because I truly do appreciate the time that you guys take out of your day to write a review. It just, it makes me so unbelievably happy and joyful that I have all of you here, thousands of you every single month listening. This podcast is growing so fast. The audience is growing faster than it ever has before. And I just so appreciate each and every one of you. And I want you to know that I don't believe in coincidences. You are here for a reason. And if this resonated with you at all, I would love for you to share it with any friends and family that you know could benefit from this. Um, let's spread the love. Let's spread the light. Let's face our shadows together. I love you. Have a beautiful day.